Hello, brothers and sisters. Pastor Jason here. So excited to be back with you here in this episode. Once again, I want you to like the episodes if you would and share them. Uh, go to pastorbites.com, B-Y-T-S, and you can find all of the other uh, media and scroll to the bottom of the page. You can see where you can go to it on iTunes, uh, Google Podcasts, uh, Podbean. We're on Amazon uh, podcast now, or Amazon Music, if you will. So uh, you can search in all those different areas. But I want to give a shout out to Matt. I was uh, messaging Matt the other day, and and he was talking about the podcast. And I asked him, you know, a topic he might like to hear. And he said, I'd like to hear something on temptation. And I thought, boy, what a topic. And I'll probably, um, this is uh, Tuesday. I'm going to drop this on the internet in the morning, but I'll probably minister on this tonight if the Lord doesn't change my way because God just began to speak to me about this. And I figured this, if God speaks to me in it, then it'll speak to someone else in it as well. But as I was thinking about the topic, uh, Matt, that he brought up of temptation, uh, the, the first thing that came to my mind was Jesus in the wilderness. And I thought that was one of the main places. And you remember when the Bible said that Jesus went out into the wilderness and he was led into the wilderness by the spirit and that the devil tempted him for 40 days and 40 nights. He was out there and, and there's a lot to learn. So that's one place you can study and go to, but there's a lot about Jesus's temptation. But I thought uh, the other scripture that came to my mind was first Corinthians chapter 10 and verse 13. And this is what the scripture says. It says, there hath no temptation taken you, but such is common to man. But God is faithful, who will not suffer you to be tempted above that ye are able, but will with the temptation also make a way of escape, that ye may be able to bear it. And I thought that's interesting as we as we read the Bible. Uh, one thing as I've been as in my heart lately is teaching people how to study, because it's one thing to read the Bible; it's another thing to study the Bible. I pray that each one of you have a time of reading, but then you set a time apart at least weekly for study, maybe a day, maybe two days, maybe three days. But you should go a little bit deeper than just reading. And when you're studying the Bible, one of the first things I ask myself is who wrote it, which we know is Paul. It's to the Corinthian church. We know that there was a lot of troubles in the church. He didn't just write First Corinthians. He also wrote seconds, second Corinthians. So they're quite long. And we know the problems in the Corinthian church that they had of sexual idolatry, much because of the city that they were in. Uh, see, the city of Corinth, they had a, a, a problem with idol worship, and a lot of what they did, they would uh, sacrifice things to Baal, but they would be in orgies and things like that and sexual misconduct. And they would actually have places that were that were worship, but were also places of prostitution. So they blended in the God of the Bible within sinful acts. So I think about that when I read Corinthians. If you have a study Bible, go to the beginning of Corinthians when you read Corinthians and read what it says about the Corinth, the church at Corinth. And but as you read the Bible, I always like to back up and read a few verses. So I started in verse thirteen about no temptation taking you, but which is common to man. So let's back up to verse 12. And it says, wherefore, let him thinketh that he standeth to take heed lest he fall. And whenever I backed back up and read and I read wherefore, I can't stop there. And the reason is, is because of the word wherefore. Anytime you see the word wherefore, you got to ask yourself a question. What's the word where the wherefore therefore? Or if the word therefore is there, what's the word therefore Therefore, I hope you get that. It's kind of a funny little rhyme, but it is the way that it is. So when I back up and read, wherefore, let him think he standeth, take heed lest he fall. 
And then it goes on to 13, where there's no temptation which which taken you, but with such as common to man. So when it says wherefore, I got to say what he's doing is he's breaking, he's setting a precedence here to say that everything I've said before, it goes into this thought. It goes into the thought that let him taketh, taketh heed lest he fall. And also there's no temptation taking you, but which is common to man. So he's saying, I'm saying this because of what I've already said. That's what wherefore is there for. So I think you need to back up. And so and having said that, I want to read just a little bit more of what he's talking about. And it's important when we think about temptation. I'm still on topic. Stay with me. But it said, you know, when we think about temptation and, and we think about it, we remember that that it's common. And, and he's set in history here. You know, one thing we've learned from history, I'll probably say this tonight, is we don't learn from history. But but the Bible's full of history, and if we're not careful, we'll think, well, uh, you know, Old Testament, New Testament is a long time ago. Even the Old Testament, you know, it's, it's a couple thousand years ago. It's not relevant. It is relevant because there's no temptation, which is common. Anything we're going through today, I don't care if it's something new. No, they didn't have amphetamine back then or methamphetamine. They didn't have uh, the drug abuse that they have now, but they had some abuse. They had, uh, you know, they had witching and, and they had uh, sorcery and they did have some drug use. They sure did. It's not the same. It's not the same drug, but it caused hallucinations. It caused, you know, people to lose their mind, if you will. And then they had many problems we had, but when you back up and read it, it says this in, in chapter 10, 1 Corinthians chapter 10, I'm in the same chapter, and it says, and we're all baptized, 10-2, and we're all baptized into Moses in the cloud and the sea. So it says that word baptized comes from the baptizo or to immerse. So they were immersed into Moses. What was Moses? Moses was a lawgiver. So when he's talking about this temptation, he's saying these people were immersed in the law of God. I mean, he was the lawgiver. I mean, it came down from Mount Sinai on a tablet. And I mean, it, the, the finger of God burned the words into the, into the rock tablets, if you will, you know, metaphorically speaking. Uh, but, but I'm saying that, that they were immersed into this law. And, and so that's important to know. But then it says, and did all eat the same spiritual meat? In other words, he sent Paul's saying, he's saying, just like, just like they ate back then, you're eating here. So Moses in the wilderness also was like Paul because he ate of the same spiritual meat. So it's not Old Testament. They weren't saved. They didn't have the Holy Spirit, but they had the same uh, blessing. They had the same ability that we had. They just looked forward to Christ. And you know, in the Old Testament, the Holy Spirit didn't possess, but it did descend. So the Holy Spirit of God descended on the people, just didn't possess the people. At times, the Spirit of God, now, I don't think, I think we do have a greater advantage, but back then, they had a great advantage. They followed the Yahweh God. They followed the God of the Bible. And it says they did all eat the, the same spiritual meat, and they drank the same spiritual drink, for they drank of the spiritual rock that followed them, and that rock was Christ. You remember when Moses struck the rock, and he finally got upset and struck it a second time because he was so frustrated with the people, but the water that flowed out, he said, that's the spiritual rock. It's the same God. It's the same Jesus that they followed. They looked forward to coming. We just look, They look forward to the cross. We look back to the cross. And it says this, but with many of them, God was not well pleased for they were overthrown in the wilderness. Now, these things were our examples to the intent we should not lust after evil things as they also lusted. So that's what he's saying about temptation. Be careful 
Because Paul's saying, yeah, it's a common temptation, but they lusted after evil things. See, the devil works in the same way. He's not he's not really created anything brand new for a long time. It may, he just he may conceal itself. He may make it look different. But I'm telling you this right now. It, he's just, it, it may seem different, but it's the same. He tries to lure us away. What's it say? That sin, that sin, uh, lust when it when it brings forth sin. Lust when it's conceived brings forth sin. It says. So so the, the devil tempts us to be drawn away from the things of God, and it's always happened that way. Neither ye be idolaters, verse 7, 1 Corinthians 10, 7, neither be idolaters as were some of them, as it is written, the people sat down to eat and drink, and they rose up to play. And it says, so uh, idolaters, the, you know, some of them were, they, they, they were, idol, they, they worshiped the same idols. They just like the idols. He's telling the, to the church at Corinth, he's saying they had idols back then too. It may not be the same thing, but they had sexual idolatries. They had, a, a, you know, the, the religion of Jehovah God mixed in with the dolls that they would hold and that they would pray to. And they had Baal worship and they had, you know, these these cults, if you will. They had high places where they'd sacrifice even even human children. I mean, we say, oh, human children. We don't do that. Sure we do. We abort hundreds of thousands of babies every year. I think it's like 750, 800,000 babies every year. Sure we sacrifice. We don't go up to a hill to the top of a high place. We just go to a clinic. But the bottom line is, it says, we're just like them, Paul's saying, neither let us commit fornication. And some of them committed and fell in one day, three and 20,000. You remember what happened? Whenever they, they, they mumbled and they, they, they grumbled and they complained, and this is what it says in verse 9, neither let them tempt Christ, as some of them also tempted and were destroyed of the serpents. And see, that you'll find that in Numbers 21.5. That, that lines up with verse nine. That's what he's talking about in verse nine. A lot of you, if you have a study Bible and there's a middle column, uh, I was just looking at my Bible. It's here. When you scroll to that middle column, it, if you look at the verse nine, I hope you have a study Bible. If you don't, uh, you know, you need to find one, but it'll also show that that links or, or that also connects it, it is like a, the Thompson chain study Bible. It's got a lot of these links, but my study Bible shows that it links with numbers 21, five. And remember what happened in Numbers 21.5, but they grumbled and they complained. They complained and they said, God, why have you brought us out here? So he's, he's, and it's important. This is why I always say, study the Old Testament. The Old Testament is the New Testament concealed. The New Testament is the Old Testament revealed. Let me say it again. The Old Testament is the New Testament concealed, and the New Testament is the Old Testament revealed. So that's important as we see it to understand that Paul is saying, just like those people said to God then, be careful, church of Corinth, because if you're not careful, you'll say, why has God brought me out here to die? Why has God delivered me? Why has God saved me? Why do I feel like I'm now, he's left me out here to die? Friend, let me tell you something. God's not brought you out there to die. God's not brought you out there to to do anything but be delivered through the power of the cross and the power of the resurrection. Sometimes it seems like we we're going to die. Sometimes it seems like, oh God, what have you gotten me into? What what? How come you got me this job? How come you got me this uh, uh, wife? How come you got me this whatever it is? How come my children? My goodness sakes! When I was raising teenagers, I'm telling you what that was a struggle, and I praise God that we've been delivered from raising teenagers. But that was hard on a guy, man. I mean, I I had to be on my toes, and even when I was, I mean, I had great kids. They 
there. My, all my kids respected me. They loved me, but they tried me. Man, you talk about being brought through the fire, brother. They'll bring you through the fire. And I thought, God, why have you brought me out here to, to save my soul? And now these teenagers, you know, it just, it, it, it'll test my salvation, if you will. But, but whatever it is, whether it be a job or your children or maybe finances during this COVID, it can be easy to say, God, why have you brought me out here? Why did you bring me through the Red Sea? And he's, he's relating that to Numbers 21.5. You know why? And it says this. It says, neither let us tempt Christ, them also tempted. So they tempted him by saying, look what you've done to me, God. They're tempting him by, by accusing him of doing something wrong before they'd even seen what God was about to do. And they were destroyed of serpents. You remember the serpents destroyed him because they said, you know what? We want meat to eat. This bread, this manna, this isn't good anymore. I don't want this bread. I don't want this manna. And, he, and that's what they, they would complain because of what they had. One of the greatest things to keep from being tempted and falling into discouragement is begin to thank God for what you do have. See, the manna, it wasn't easy. They had to only draw enough for one day. So every day they got up and they only had to, to gather enough for one day because they'd eat it. And if they didn't eat it all, then remember, it would spoil and get worms inside of it. Remember what he says, give us this day our daily bread. Forgive us our trespasses. We forgive those who trespass against us, but it's our daily bread. We worry too much about meat being in the freezer. We need to be happy with the meat that's on the plate. And that's one way to be thankful and not fall into that temptation. Because what's the devil's number one goal? His goal is to draw you away from God at your own lust, to go into the flesh, to be able to get what you want, no matter if you got to steal for it, no matter, no matter if you got to abuse for it, no matter what you got to do. But God's plan is love like there's no tomorrow and just worry about today. He said, why do you even worry about the hair that's on you? Why do you even worry? He said, look at the birds and I feed them. He said, I take care of even the sparrow. Then God help us that we shouldn't just be happy that he takes care of us today. There may not be a tomorrow. Tomorrow may never come. The Lord may come back. Them eastern skies may split wide open. We need to be happy with what we have today. And then he says this, neither murmur you some of them, neither murmur you or ye in my Bible, as some of them also murmur and were destroyed of the destroyer. So see, this murmuring and complaining, check your mouth, check what comes across your lips. Remember what Jesus said to the Pharisees. He said, it's not that what comes into a man that defiles him, but it's what comes out of a man or a woman that defiles them. So we need to be careful and check ourselves when we murmur and complain. Remember, if we praise him for the small things and we, we, we are trusted with few things and he will give us many things. But when we begin to thank God for what we do have, it's harder to see the things that we don't have. And then it says to this, now when these things happen to them for examples, and they are written for our admonition upon whom the ends of the world are come. Wherefore? See, there's that word. So see, when I come to this passage now, I know he's talking about the children in the wilderness. I know he's talking about the struggles they had. I know he's talking about those things that they did. I know where he's coming to. He said, and then let him that thinketh he standeth take heed. So he's saying, pay attention to history. Pay attention to this history. That's what Paul's saying to saying to him, lest he fall. And that word fall, some people say, well, he kind of stumbled. No, that's fallen. 
that's fallen away from God, that's getting out back into sin again, to fall back into the slavery under Pharaoh again. That's exactly what a lot of them did. Remember what they said? They said, oh, Lord, back in Egypt, don't you remember the leeks and onions? Man, we had, yeah, they had leeks and onions, but I'm telling you, they were under slavery. Their women were raped and murdered and killed. They were treated like dogs. And I mean, when they was when they when they wanted to punish them, they was building things. They'd even take the mortar from their bricks and make them try to build out of mud. I mean, can you imagine? You can imagine building something out of mud and brick that just fell down. They'd say, build it again, make them work 15, 18, 20 hours a day. That's what they were under. So take heed because God still, what did he say in the first part? That he brought them under a cloud. He brought them through the sea, the Bible said. And he said, that's what he said in uh, 1 Corinthians 10, 1. I didn't read that, but he says that I'd not to be ignorant how that all of our fathers were under the cloud and passed to the sea. So see, the blessing of God was the cloud. When you're in a desert, brother, you'll be praying. I've been in 100, 105 degree heat working on a pulling unit in the oil fields. I'm telling you, when that cloud came over and you was sunburnt and the back of your neck was hot and you was sweating and you was thirsty and you was dry, that cloud would come over the top of you. And that was a blessing, brother. I wanted to be under a cloud. I still want to be under a cloud. I like to be in the shade on a hot day. And that's what he's saying. He said, be careful lest you fall. He says, back then, there were people that if you didn't take heed to these quick grumbling, be thankful for what you got. Know that God hadn't brought you out here to test you, but he brought you out here to prove you. You need to know that God has got an answer for your problem. You're under the blessing of God, whether you feel like it or not. Do you know what modern day idol worship is? Modern day idol worship is our feelings. We got to feel right to serve God. I got I used to have an old guy who used to say, oh, I'm fighting with my wife. I'm fighting with my kids. I don't feel like coming to church. I thought, man, oh, man, have you missed it? If you fought with your wife and you fought with your kids and the devil can bring something up against you and keep you out of church and every single Sunday, you'll be out of church because he'll find something. If he can't get you, he'll get your wife. He can't get your wife, he'll get your kids. He can't get your kids, he'll get your grandkids. There'll be some turmoil, some trouble, some reason. And guess what? Before within a year of me, him saying that kind of stuff and him being in church, he was out of church again for several years. But I'm telling you, you got to be careful not to think that way. Take heed lest you fall to this grumbling complaining and being upset at people. Verse 13, there is no temptation taking you. So wherefore, he's saying, don't fall. Then there's no temptation taking you, which is common to man, but God is faithful who will not suffer you. Be tempted above that which you are able, but with temptation also make a way of escape that ye may be able to bear it. So he's saying, guys, guys, Paul's talking to the church at Corinth. He's saying, guys, listen, there is going to be a way to escape. How do we escape it? How do we escape it? We escape it through Christ. We escape it through that great water that flows from heaven. We escape it by going to the cross. What do you mean going to the cross? You say going to the cross, going to the cross. What do you mean? Falling down on our knees and saying, God, I don't feel good. God, I'm in a struggle. God, I'm having trouble. God, I can't believe I'm in this desert, but God, you haven't left me, nor will you forsake me. The Bible says that we are more than conquerors through him that loved us. It said, acknowledge him. It says, acknowledge him and he will direct your paths. That's what the word of God says. We need to be so careful just to go to the cross and say, God, I have nothing, but God, you have everything. I have no peace, but God, you are peace. I have no freedom, but God, you are freedom. Who the son has set free is free indeed. And then he says this, wherefore, my dearly beloved, flee from idolatry. So he's saying, look, between the two wherefores, there's one thought about temptation, flee from idolatry, 
flee from these feelings, these emotions. They'd take the dolls and they'd grab them and they'd pull them into them and they'd say, look, they'd say, I got to be able to feel good. I got to be able to see this doll. They didn't do away with God. They'd say, I got to be able to rub this doll and just know it's sitting there beside me. I make this little thing because it's familiar with me. Listen, we fall into our familiar paths. Sometimes it's our familiar discouragement. Sometimes it's our familiar seclusion. Sometimes it's our familiar sinful lifestyle. We fall into that thing because we won't wait upon the Lord. The Bible says who those who wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. Sometimes we got to wait for the emotion. It's never a time to give, give into that temptation and do that drug, do that drink, do that pornography, whatever it is you do, whatever makes you feel good. Maybe it's scrolling on the internet all day long and then you just feel worse than when you started, but you got to get your internet fixed. I'm telling you, friends, it's time we get to the cross. We fall on our hands and our knees and we say, God, I'm not able to do it. Lord, I can't do it without you. I have nothing in my flesh. Paul said, dwelleth no good thing. That's what we got to do to get to the cross. We need to learn from history. We need to learn. And it says in verse 16, the cup of blessing which we will bless is not the communion of the blood of Christ, which bread we break is not the communion of the body of Christ. For we being many are one bread, one body. We are partakers of that one bread. He's saying we can partake of the things of God. That's the blessing. That's the cloud today. That's the modern day cloud. And he's saying that to the church of Corinth. He's saying we have the blessing. We don't have to work our way up the spiritual ladder to have the peace. We don't have to work our way up the spiritual ladder to be able to have the blessing. We can enter in, the Bible says. We're able to, we have a high priest that can be touched with the feeling of our infirmity. And when we touch the high priest, he touches us. Remember the woman that pressed through the crowd. Jesus said, where did the virtue come from me? And he realized and he bent down and he spoke to her and he talked to her and it got his attention. When we touch him, it gets his attention. And I don't know how, but somehow he fills up that spiritual gas tank. He fills up that soul tank. And I'm telling you, I know it's not always quick, but it's worth the wait, my friend. Don't fall into sin today. Don't give into the temptation. I'm telling you, God's got a blessing coming to you. And I begin to think about the Lord and I'm closing. I'll be done. But I begin to think about the Lord and how he was tempted 40 days and 40 nights and the struggle he went through. And I begin to think about how the Bible said then at the end, the, the angels came and ministered unto him. I've been ministered to you, friends, at my house. I've been ministered to in the church. I've been ministered to in the car. God's touched me. He spoke to me. Today, I went on my back patio for about 15, 20 minutes and had a little time in prayer, and I felt the peace of God enter in my soul. I'm telling you, that's available. We live so far below our privileges. God wants to bless us. God wants to fill us with his presence. Friends, I hope this word's been good to you, and I hope this you listen to this again. Share this with your friends, and until next time, friends, God bless.